All right, guys. Welcome to episode 49. 49. True Patriot Podcast. And we have a guest. We have a guest. A very special guest. Super special. <laughs> we, have, we have Ken Sapp in the house. Woo-hoo. Well, actually, we're in his house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in the house. So. Yeah. yeah. So Ken is Jake's... Explain how you know Ken. Yeah. Uh, our wives are cousins, there I guess is go. the easiest way. <laughs> so yeah. I've known Ken for, for quite a while. I uh, met him when I started dating my wife. Um, wow, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been what, 13 years now, I think. So right around there. Good Lord. Time flies. It does. So, yeah. Um, Spent some time in the Navy. You know, I've done a little bit of everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, when we were thinking of guests, Ken popped in my head because I'm like, man, that guy has done literally everything. Really? <laughs> he has a lot of life experiences. And I think there's some that I've never even heard of. So I'm excited to get into this. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Ken. Talk to me. First question I have for you. We're oh, going to start doing this with all of our guests. Me and Jake were talking about this. Not to put you on the spot, but to you, what is a patriot? Oh, so we're going to go with a hard question right out the gate. Huh? I like it. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Well, actually, it's not really a hard question, I think, if you really think about it. I mean, it's a pretty simplistic formula. What's a true patriot? Somebody who serves their country, serves their community, and, and I think loves both, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and really, you just have to sit down and say, I guess, not have your hand out. Mm-hmm. Say, what can you do for others? And, and, and I think also, you know, somebody that holds their country and holds their community accountable as well. Right. Yeah. So you want to be accountable to your country and to your community and serve both. And you need them to do the best for you, too. Absolutely. So there's my simple answer. That's a good. It's a great one. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, kind of what you said, something a little more than yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I yep. feel like today I see a lot of the new generation seems to be pretty selfish instead of selfless. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what we want to do with this show is uh, preach about, you know, it's a little bit more than you going on yeah. here community community right i mean think about i mean i know it's uh it's old school way way back in the day right that's not what you can do for your country mm-hmm. but you know what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country right yeah you know so. absolutely yeah. well now i'm going to do some easy ones let's do it. a little bit of icebreaker <laughs> for you cats or dogs oh well, well there's just no question i mean it's uh, it, it's dogs all day okay i mean i mean cats are an absolute <laughs> no cats are the worst that's man. good because if you're gonna say cats we're just we're gonna- done right here right <laughs> show over <laughs> listen go pull up a youtube video right now and see the dog's reaction when the guy gets home from you know from from a you know deployment and the cat yeah i mean come on cats, cats are jerks <laughs> did you ever have any cats uh you know i don't think uh, as i set back it, last time I knew, I was very, very young when I had cats. Yeah. And, and you know what? They were jerks then, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite breed of dog, then? Well, now that's a that's a different animal right now. That's mm-hmm. a, no pun in, All puns intended, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I think probably German Shepherds are, are, are some of my favorite dogs. They're some of the smartest dogs out mm-hmm. there. Uh, we owned a German Shepherd, uh, Erica and I. Erica is my wife. Uh, we, we, we owned a German Shepherd for a long time. Uh, Wolf was a great dog for us. Mm-hmm. But I never thought I would like small dogs. Mm-hmm. But we own two Havanese right now. And I'm, okay. I'm, I found out 
seven years after we after we uh, got our German Shepherd that I'm allergic to dogs. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a fun thing when you go to your wife and you say, hey, listen, I went to the doctor and they said I'm allergic to dogs and we got to get rid of that dog. And you get the look and you find out real fast <laughs> where you stand on the telephone. <laughs> so, no, Dang. you're not getting rid of the dog at that point. So, yeah. But uh, we love our little Havanese. They're, they're pretty awesome. Wolf is such a badass dog i remember wolf see, we, yeah. we do badass dog names see because like wolf was pretty awesome big dog right? yeah so, wolf was a german shepherd but yeah. now we have two little dogs one that is about 15 pounds and one that's 20 so they're teeny tiny little dogs you can see one yeah. sitting over there basically cats um basically <laughs> the size of cats but but not jerks yeah but um but we have to give them manly names. So, yeah. you know, one is Rambo. <laughs> no. And then the other one is, you know, Dutch from Predator. So, you know. Nice. You <laughs> yeah. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite color? Uh, wow. Is there such a thing? Uh, blue, if I had to go with a favorite color. Navy guy. Yeah. Navy. There you go. <laughs> there you sure. go. And we got favorite genre. Genre. How do you even say that? Genre. Genre, genre, genre of music. Yeah. Um, country music is probably where, where I cut my teeth when I grew up, country mm -hmm. music. But uh, I'm one of those weird people that will listen to some, anything from classical to Metallica to country music. Um, you yeah. know, if I had to pick a least favorite, it would probably be rap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we got favorite sport to play. To play. Well, I one of my favorite things in the world, uh, sport-wise, you know, my dad still kids with me to you know to this day. He says it's not a sport because he says anything you get better at when you drink is not a sport. So, but it's bowling. I like to bowl. How weird is that, right? Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I when I was in the well, well, I was in the navy. We we'll get we'll get, we'll get there. But uh, I used to bowl all the time, and uh, you know, I was pretty good at it. I've I've actually bowled a, a three hundred. Oh, yeah? uh, Wow. Seven times in my life. Wow. So seven times. I've bowled a, I bowled a 180 one time with my left hand, and I'm right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to bowl. That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're really good. Yeah. I struggle to get over 100, so. Yeah. I'm actually, I might be able to do better with my left hand, and I'm right-handed. <laughs> I am awful with that. There, there'll be no difference for me. Yeah. Um, so favorite sport to watch? College. Uh, football, yep. hands down, I think. Uh, even with the fact that they've changed things now, obviously you get yeah. paid and stuff like that. Yeah, I just think you're on a different. Comp they they want it more. Mm -hmm. They're not as you know not. They're still not, hungry. Yeah, still yeah. hungry. You know, you go watch. I like pro football. Don't get me wrong, but yep. you know, it's yeah. it's just a different animal when you're and. and you know, I'm not a big fan. I used to love basketball. Mm -hmm. I used to love to watch basketball. If I do it now, though, it's, you know, it's March Madness is yep. what you got to watch. But if I'm going to sit down and watch anything, it's college football. Yep. You know? Buckeye fan, right? Buckeye all yeah. day, brother. <laughs> Buckeyes. Now, but, hey, I mean, we'll talk about this maybe at one point, too. But I'm a, I'm a Bobcat fan now, too, because, you know, a daughter's about to start at OU. See, yeah, there you go. I'm a Bobcat alum. Yep. Yeah. So... So I well I'm a baseball fan, but I mean I'm in Ohio and I used to, I, I I but I like the Yankees. Yeah. So you know got a good friend of mine who's a Yankees fan. You know he moved away a long time ago, and uh, so I always say baseball. I'm mm -hmm. I'm a, you can't say Indians anymore right now. What's the name of them? Yeah, now? We'll bleep that out. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Whatever it is, the Guardians, right? <laughs> but I always say I root for I you know I root for you know three teams in baseball. I root mm -hmm. for the Yankees as long as they're not playing the guardians mm -hmm. right? yeah. i root for the guardians and then i root for any team 
playing yeah. Boston. Yeah. So, cause Makes sense. Got to hate guys. Boston as Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Takes the winners. <laughs> uh, dream car. Um, now, that's probably changed a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I actually own one of one of one of my. Uh, I don't know. I would say bucket list cars that I've 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 yeah. wanted to get for a long time. Craig's gonna love this. Yeah, I own a Tesla. Nice. So, <laughs> um, so um, but not for any Greenpeace, <laughs> I do. you know, reasons or anything like that. Just because it's fast and it's it's cool and I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, but if I had to pick one car above all, probably a '69 Camaro. You know, that's uh, one of my things on my bucket list. I want to do when we get when I get my my big barn and everything, and I'm I'm gonna I might take one, go try to find an old frame and just mm-hmm. build it from the ground up. That'd be you awesome. nice. It looked great next to your Tesla. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> my dad used to have a '67 Camaro. Oh, '67's nice. a nice Camaro. Too. Yeah, SS. Yeah. Uh, oh. When I was a kid, and uh, he got it for like six grand it was like beautiful oh, wow. wow yeah like stuff you talk about stuff you can't do anymore right? Yeah. <laughs> and i remember he he ran the crap out of it blew it up like running from the cops and stuff this is the kind of guy he was right yeah. i was like in the back seat like yeah <laughs> i remember he smoked that motor then he sold it as a roller for five grand i was like man if i could ever want a car back man that might be it yeah, it man. was pretty cool it was silver with two black Big black racing stripes yeah, down sure. there. Oh, it was yeah. so nice. 69 Charger, too. That's uh, another one my dad tells a story about. He When he bought his, that was one of his first new cars that he mm-hmm. bought. He went out and bought a, a 69 yeah. you know, Charger and uh, drove it back to, he lived in Florida. I don't know where he bought it, but he drove back to his town in Florida and found the guy with the fast Camaro <laughs> that was there and raced him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Who is someone you idolized growing up? doesn't have to be a celebrity but it could no, be it's, uh, so i mean yeah. i'm a i'm a little older i'm you know i'm 51 now um you know i'm a i grew up i grew up in the 80s right mm-hmm. so i was that geek that used to watch supreme court cases and, and and watch people get you know nominated and uh um but ronald reagan was you know i think to this day may have been i think is the best president this country's ever seen mm-hmm. not even from I mean, if you even if you take politics out out of the equation, you know, he was. You talked about at the beginning of this, you know, podcast. You asked me what you know what what's a true patriot, right? Is that yeah. the question, right? Yep. A real patriot, true patriot, but, something like that. <laughs> that guy was. Yeah. yeah. Ronald Reagan, I think, almost set the bar for that. Is you know, there. I think he was probably one of the first mm-hmm. people that said, you know, it's it's not wrong to love your country. It's not mm-hmm. wrong to support your country. It's not you. You shouldn't feel like a pariah for doing so. Right. And, and, but he also said that type of thing is only one, it's not, it doesn't get passed down in your bloodlines. Right. You're only one generation away from losing it, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it becomes one of those things you, you have to teach your kids and you have to, you have to think about. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of sadly missed out on that one. We're, I was <laughs> yeah. born in 91. So yeah. 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 Not exactly prime president <laughs> examples in my lifetime, but. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Uh, this is the last uh, icebreaker fast yeah. question, but favorite childhood memory? Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that's what I'd have to really think about. To, to I, You know, some of the first things that come to mind from childhood memories would be, I lived, uh, I grew up in Louisiana and we weren't too far from Toledo Bend Lake. And uh, Toledo Bend Lake, if you look in a map of Louisiana, is pretty huge. Yeah. You know, it goes, 
it goes from Louisiana, it goes into Texas. It's a it's a pretty pretty big uh, pretty big lake. But yeah. uh, we had this thing that happened in that lake that it was famous for down the time, and I remember it being as a kid. It was like the coolest thing ever. You think. Uh, they had some guys that, I don't know, robbed a bank, robbed a store, robbed something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and their big plan um, was that they were going to, they had a boat waiting, had scuba gear, and they were going to get into Lita Pin Lake and like scuba dive across the lake and get way across the lake and get away from the cops, right? right. <laughs> and, um, it's a hell of a plan. <laughs> now, you know, I'm like, wow. But, you know, at my age now, I think back and go, was that just folklore back then? Or was that? But I, I can remember something about it in the newspaper, but it was one of those things we talked about when we were kids. These guys got into the lake. They did actually rob somewhere, and they mm-hmm. got into the lake, and <laughs> they said they saw a catfish that was so big that it could have swallowed them whole and it scared the crap out of them. And so they come out, they came up out of the lake or like, you know, like without going across, and they got caught. <laughs> you know, you know, catfish. catfish scares robbers or something like that. So I mean, I, that's, uh, that's one of my neatest childhood memories. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I kind of believe it. Like it's South known for big fish. Big fish have you ever, man. have you ever seen a channel cat? I, mean, I, I have personally seen a catfish that was, Probably five feet long. Yeah, wow. it was just massive. Big channel cats. They get huge. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. So I think the biggest catfish ever caught was three hundred sixty-one pounds or something like that. Wow. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, this, I'm just crazy. making up facts. But, you know. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> There's people. What do they call it? Newling when they just. Oh yes, yeah. there's a, there's a famous YouTuber. I can't. I don't know. I say famous. I don't know her damn name. But she she goes down, sticks her arm down in the water, and oh, grabs yeah. that catfish and pulls it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do they do? Crazy. Dangle their finger or something and get it to Dude, bite. <sighs> yes, and it bites you on the arm. That's crazy. And you, uh, I now I don't know. Again, I'll make up some more facts. I've, I've heard people <laughs> die from that kind of yeah. thing. Like. You know, I'd imagine you could first. Well, the, sure. Well, first the catfish pulls you, and then the gator finishes <laughs> you off. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So let's. Now that we're all on the subject, I mean, you said you grew up in Louisiana. Let's yeah. just kind of talk about your childhood. Yeah. Uh, what What part of Louisiana did you say again? So I grew up in uh, literally a one light town. It's yeah. Called Hornbeck, Louisiana. Okay. So there's. Um, not that you guys know much about Louisiana, but uh, there's a, uh, I'm going to think back now. It's been a long, long time. There's a city called Manny, and it's not Mansfield. Now I'm going to get Ohio mixed up. But anyway, <laughs> Hornbeck is kind of central, okay. central, uh, you know, Louisiana. So, but at the time I grew up there, um, it wasn't too far from a place called Hodges Gardens, which was a big famous like uh, nature preserve, like they would have bison out there and all oh, kinds nice. of crazy stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> not real, that. real famous for like their gardens, right? Right. And they, that you could walk through. You go. My grandmother worked at the place called Hodges Garden, so mm-hmm. Hornback wasn't too far from that. But it was literally, like I said, a one light town. Yeah, you would uh, small little place. You blink and you'd miss it. Um, but I, I grew up there. I say grew up, you know, I, my parents, when I was very young, got divorced when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, at the time, I believe, lived in Ohio. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my mom picked us up and took us down to Louisiana. Oh, okay. So from my earliest memories, probably six or seven years old that I can really remember, I grew up in Louisiana until I was 15 or 16, I think. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, I said, you know what, let's, um, you know, I don't know this guy I call dad. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go find this guy, right? I don't. I, I 
I don't know who he is. So I just said, let's, you know, my brother and I talked and my sister and we said, let's, let's, let's go up let's and go move him. back to Ohio. And we moved up here when I was 16 yeah. and, um, to the Columbus area. Yeah. Columbus area. Uh, Reynoldsburg is where my parents used to live. Okay. Uh, we lived in Reynoldsburg, but, uh, went to Reynoldsburg high school, graduated yeah. from Reynoldsburg high school and then, uh, went into the military you know, uh, shortly after high school, went into the military, did that for, I was in the military for six years on the USS Ohio. I was on a ballistic nice. missile submarine. <laughs> so what so, was the, um, sorry to interrupt you, but what was the uh, mindset? What, what made you want to go to the military? Uh, get away from, uh, get away from, you know, <laughs> get out and do something different, so to speak. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was one of those things, my father, when I was young, he, you know, I mean, he, he was pretty harsh. He said, you know, I'm not paying for college. Go out and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You're a boy. Go get it. Go figure it out. You know, yeah. go figure life out. And I said, you know what? Sign me I up. just, for the heck of it, I actually walked into a recruiter's office for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he had me take a math test and I was always pretty damn good at math. Mm-hmm. And then I took the ASVAB and I think I got like a 99 on the ASVAB and I did really good on the math test. And he said, oh, you can be a nuclear you can be in the nuclear power program. And I was like, really, what else is there? And he's like, well, there's the nuclear power program. <laughs> they probably don't find people right. that walk into a recruiter's office and score like that. Well, it's what he said. Right. He's like, he, he, the, with, you have to have a certain math score to get into right. it. And I was just good at math. So, yeah. so, and they were offering, good Lord, I think back now, it was 1993 is when I went into the military. <laughs> so they were offering a $5,000 bonus tax-free sign-on. And, you know, when you're a young kid, you're like, Hmm, nice. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. I'll take so it. Then. <laughs> so did that and was in the military for six years. And uh, I have, I think if I think about all my patrols, I have roughly, because you have to volunteer for submarines. So you mm-hmm. can't get put on them without volunteering for it. So I volunteered for submarines because it was, I wanted to go into a specific billet. I wanted mm-hmm. to go into, um, I went into nuclear power and I did that, which was, you had to do two years of schooling which that was crazy because when you go into the Navy, into the, in, into the nuclear, nuclear power schooling program, it's, uh, you do like several phases. You do a, you do a, you know, a early phase that's just learn how to be a, you know, learn how to be in the military, yeah. learn, learn, how to, we, <laughs> learn how to be what we call an A-ganger, yeah. you know, and that was a couple of weeks, six weeks long, I think. And then you went into your full, you know, six month of military classes, but if you look at it, it's one of the hardest schools in the nation. It's mm-hmm. like, I remember I would get up and, and at four o'clock in the morning, I'd get to school by five. I would study from five to seven. Yeah. I'd take a half hour break. Then we would start class at seven thirty, And then I would go to class from seven thirty in the morning till four thirty in the, in the afternoon. We'd have a lunch break in between. Mm-hmm. I'd take another half hour break and then I would study at school under military supervision where you have somebody walking and standing watch so you can't <laughs> you have to study you, you have study. to study <laughs> I'd study from 5 to 9 and yeah. I did that 5 days a week and then I would come in on the weekend and I would sign in at about 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and I would study for about 10 hours on Saturday and then about 10 hours on Sunday where is this at? where are you? so I was uh, I was stationed when I was in power school I was stationed in Florida Okay. So they don't. I don't think they do the power school in Florida anymore. I think they've moved it. But uh, I was Orlando, Florida. Yeah. So I stationed there and I did that. And then um, it's it's 
three years of college in six months. <laughs> it was crazy. Sounds I, like it. I can remember taking 100 pages of notes in a day. It sounds you like know? you're pretty motivated to do well. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you had to be. You had yeah. to be. It had a uh, um, 75% attrition rate. It was, uh, you, 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 you had to bust your ass to get through it. Yeah. yeah. And so. then if you didn't, I mean, <clears throat> what, you're paying boats? or well, no. <laughs> what's, uh, what's happened? But here's a kicker. You're, you've signed up for the military. All, yeah. all military, all military, you know, uh, enlistments are eight years. Yep. You know, you, it's how much active and inactive do you do, right? Yeah. So a lot of people sign up for two years active, but you're on, you know, reserves for six years after that. You're mm-hmm. always eight year, eight year uh, enlistment. So I was signed up and I was signed up for six years, no matter what I did. <laughs> yeah. So if you failed out, what you did is you went and probably were a ganger. You were just a regular mechanic on a, on a, on a boat somewhere. Yeah. That's what we, uh, we talked to that Navy seal, um, Clark. <laughs> yeah. And he told us that that's what kept him going through buds was, Hey, if I don't do this, they're going to put me on a boat somewhere and I'm going to be painting the boat. Well, that's, exactly that's, where he, right. that's where he came well, from. He started, <laughs> he started like in the fleet Yeah. and then he, a lot of people sign up and like go straight to buds nowadays. Yeah, sure, right. Sure. But he was one of those guys that was like already on. He's in the Navy a little while before he got his. Sure, mm-hmm. you can do that. He I, said that motivated him to to not quit because <laughs> he really hated their, <laughs> right what he was doing. Yeah. So, but I did that. I did that for you know, and then end up moving back to Ohio, and then uh, my parents owned some restaurants. Um, at the time, you know, they owned some Mister Heroes. Okay. And uh, now they own. Uh, now they own some Popeye's chickens. So, but I, I came back from the military, worked for them for a little while, and uh, it's hard to work for your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's a hard dynamic when you know you bring your job home and your family every time you talk to them. So, I decided to do something different. Yeah. And uh, what year is it, this? Where we talking? Well, I got out of the military in 1999, so moved back to Ohio, and then uh, you know, I I. Worked for you know worked for the family for a couple years mm-hmm. and then um, ended up leaving them and then I went to I went to uh, work for a company called Ruby Tuesday. Oh, and okay. I was, a, I was a manager, full service. My brother had worked for Ruby Tuesday because <laughs> uh, again he had worked for my family too for a little while. <laughs> and it was hard to work for your family, right? <laughs> and so he moved over to Ruby Tuesday and I, I decided. So I said, you know, hey, let me go see what these guys are all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because I was in the nuclear power program in the military. When, <laughs> when you get out, you're like, okay, I went from nuclear power to Ruby I'm in a restaurant business now. <laughs> to right? the salad bar. Right, to the salad bar. Here we go. Yeah. So, you do and, see, usually people try to like, yeah. yeah. You go work at like a uh, commercial <laughs> nuclear power plant. Yeah, right. But see, what happens is when you get out of that field, if you're out of it for any length of time, it moves very, it moves very fast, quickly. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if you've looked around Ohio, there's not a lot of nuclear power plants <laughs> out here in Ohio, right? right? So <laughs> so your options are fairly limited, and, and, and if you're out of that field, you're just out. So, yeah. But I went to Ruby Tuesday for, you know, started working there, and then uh, that's where I met my lovely wife. All right. Ruby, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. hey, good, good, hey. good. Ruby Tuesday oh. <laughs> got, got a good place in your heart. There. Right, right. <laughs> Fond memories, as they say, right? It's funny, you like, you're, sometimes you're in a situation in the moment, you're like, why the heck am I here? And then it's like, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, here's the good thing. It's easy to look back and see how it all makes sense. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah, did that for a while, right? We uh, was at Ruby Tuesday for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then, so I had a server. Uh, I was I was one of the managers there. And, you know, I was managing the front of the house, so I always did the server schedule. And I got to know the servers really well. And one of the servers there um, uh, always bugged me. And he said, hey, you got to 
got to come talk to my boss. And I said, well, your boss? He's like, yeah, you got to come talk to Bear. Like your boss's name is Bear. <laughs> yeah. This sounds interesting. <laughs> right. So I'm always like, okay, well, I, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, your boss's name is Bear, okay? But um, um, Bear uh, and this guy uh, were in the heavy-duty trucking industry. And I remember just, you know, getting angry at work one day. So one of the bosses had, you know, one of my regional mm-hmm. managers had done something stupid. And I said, you know, I, why am I working here? Yeah. Because the restaurant industry is pretty thankless. I mean, you work a it lot is. of hours. Yeah. And, and you, uh, yeah. I mean, they just, they. You get treated like crap and like by your customers. Absolutely. <laughs> and you just have to take it with a smile. <laughs> and your salary. So guess what? Yeah. Oh, we need you to work 75 hours this week. Yep. You get to work 75 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that sucks. I mean, I don't, you know this more from experience, but they want you on the weekend. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where, that's when people go to restaurants. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah. No, and I and I said, you know what? Let me go talk to this bear guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went over and talked to his name, Steve Nadolson, Steve Bear Nadolson, and I figured out real quick why they call him Bear because he looked like Grizzly Adams. Okay, and he really had this big, huge gray beard, and yep. he was a big guy. You, know? you have to have a beard, right? <laughs> so I, I talked to him, and I was like, "All right, what's this? What's this heavy duty trucking thing all about?" And, I just dug it, man. I dug what it was about. I, I liked talking to Barry. He was a good guy. And, uh, you know, I'm like, wow, I can probably make a lot more money doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you noticed yet, but, I mean, I like to talk. So. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> probably good for a podcast, I, right? Yeah. You know? Perfect. But, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, let me try this thing out. And, man, I think I look up now and, I mean... I was in and around the trucking industry for 20 years after that. You know? What oh, wow. What did, you know, you say heavy-duty trucking industry. Is that like, you know. 18-wheelers. Like, so yeah, but like, is you, is you like running fleets of. So I would sell them. That's what so, I did. Oh, I was selling 18-wheelers. Sale. Yeah. I guess okay. that's an important little, <laughs> little tidbit there, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah class 6, 7, and 8 trucks. So I'd sell 18-wheelers. I would sell box trucks, okay. you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, I worked for a company called uh, um, Aero Truck Sales is who I was, who I ended up. I ended up taking a job over there mm-hmm. and um, they sold uh, every major make. They sold all used trucks, not anything brand new when I worked with Arrow mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, every major make and model of trucks. So Peterbilt's, Kenworth's, Internationals, yeah. Max, yeah. you know, every kind and every cheap. Kind, and everything, <laughs> you know, dump trucks, heavy, heavy duty tractors, you know, over the road tractors, mm-hmm. uh, even sold some trailers, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. And that was in, Columbus area? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, we, my wife and I, you know, and our da- my daughter, we live in Pataskala. Mm-hmm. And, and this place is, that was a, right that was road. another one of those, you know, key things. It was like, it's right down the road, yeah. you know. But, um, well, we ended up, that was 2002. I think I'm, I'm looking over at my wife like you guys can see me looking here right, on the if, podcast. If my wife was there, I would yeah. be doing the same thing. Yeah. It's a real crutch yeah. for remembering what happened when. But yeah, I worked there for them and there, and, and it's funny because I, I worked for them for a while, and then I worked for a company called International. Yeah. You know, uh, technically the the parent company was Navistar, but it was it's International. Have you ever seen International Tractors, Harvester, you know, International Trucks? That was, mm-hmm. I ended up getting a job, and that 
that location was literally a quarter mile down the road from Arrow Truck Sales. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. But it was a very sought after, you know, a place to work. They were, you know, had an exceptional pay plan and, mm-hmm. and, and you had to wait for somebody to retire, which a lot of people didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> then you get to sell new trucks. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Believe it or not, it was all used trucks. Uh, no. too. Now, International really? sells new trucks as well. Yeah. And um, Arrow Truck Sales got bought out by Volvo. So okay. if you see Volvo trucks on the road, Arrow, Arrow, they own Arrow truck sales now, you know, gotcha. Volvo North America, which actually, believe it or not, were some of the best trucks on the road. They were pretty amazing, pretty, very, almost like driving a car in that damn yeah. thing. Turn on a dime, it was really? crazy. So, uh, but uh, yeah, big competitor though, right, of international trucks. And I went down oh, yeah. the road and ended up working for them for a while. And, uh, but in and around the heavy duty trucking industry for, for many, many years until I decided one day to do something different. Yeah, what was that? So, um, in 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 the vein of just uh, you know doing something crazy and completely different at 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 forty seven years old, um, uh, we have a friend, and, and I'll just uh, not to call her out on a podcast. So I'll just we have a friend that uh, a friend of my wife that was um, in the in the legal industry. She's a paralegal and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had decided after being in, I want to say she was in there 14 years or something like that. She decided, you know, I she wanted to go to law school at night. And so she started going to Capital University Law School. And we were out to dinner with them one time about a year after she had started law school. And I told her how much I really dug it. You know, like I said earlier yeah you know mm-hmm. i was that geek as a kid that i used to uh, you know, you <laughs> Watch know the i remember watching clarence thomas do his you know his uh you know confirmation that's the word i'm looking for mm-hmm. you know the confirmation hearings and stuff and uh, you know i was the dork that liked to listen to supreme court cases for the fun of it yeah i don't you know? Know, i don't know anybody <laughs> now i do but. right so i mean i remember talking to her and and and, and in, in, in essence you know i was like wow she's going back to school she did it, you know, um, yeah. and I loved law. And she just basically said, "Well, why don't you just, why don't you just get off your ass and do it too?" Yeah. And I said, <laughs> "You know what? What the hell?" And I, I studied for a little while, went and took the ad, the uh, LSAT, and got a score that would work, and went and talked to Capital University Law School. And next thing you know, I'm doing law school at night <laughs> as I work full time. So yeah. you already had like the, a bachelor's degree. Uh, I had actually, work? believe it or not, I got, uh, I, I had been doing some online schooling to try okay. to, I had mm-hmm. started school way back in the day at Ohio mm-hmm. state. That's why I could actually say I'm a Buckeye fan. Cause I actually went to Ohio state. We missed that. Part. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I went over that. So, <laughs> you know, I had gone to college for a little while when I was younger before I went into the military Okay, and just kind of like, let that went into the military and that kind of went away. You didn't, mm-hmm. so you didn't finish. Didn't finish college then. early. No, I yeah. didn't finish college back then, but then I I had, um, oh, I would say 2012-ish around then, uh, I had decided to try to go back to school and finish up my degree. Yeah. Uh, my wife had, uh, you know, she got her nursing degree mm-hmm. and then she's gone back to school and, you know, finished her nursing, you know, got her four-year nursing degree. She's mm-hmm. gone back and got her master's degree and things like that. Yeah, you wanted something yeah. to put on yeah, the wall, Yeah, there too. you go. So I, need <laughs> I need something to put on the wall, too. Right? Had to get caught up. Right. So I um, I was t- taking some online classes. I I found a school, Colorado State University, mm-hmm. uh, just like Ohio State University. Colorado yep. State University had an online program, and they would mm-hmm. give you – 
they would give you credit for military. Remember I said back okay. that uh, my time in the nuclear power school, that was three years of college in six months. Well, they, <laughs> they gave me credit for a lot of my college nice. from awesome. the military, right? That's great. So, and then they had a they had a special discounted rate for military, ex-military, mm-hmm. you know, for, mm-hmm. for uh, uh, credit, you know. So I said, let me try to do this online thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took me six years to finish the <laughs> online thing. <laughs> but I actually, I got, I had, I had, I had my degree in 2018. Yeah. You know, okay. I got my degree and this was part of the conversation I was having when we were having with a friend is I, I actually did have my bachelor's. Yeah. So I was ready yeah. to be able to go to school if I wanted to. So yeah, it was 2018 when I finished my bachelor's online in 2009, summer of 2019, August 2019. I was in, in boom. School. I'm in law school. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. So how yeah. is so you just finished up not too long ago? Not too long ago. Not too so long ago. Uh, that was crazy. That was uh, <laughs> law school at night. So I, you know, I worked full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you know, Capital University Law School has a nighttime program that. Which is the only way I could do it. You right. know, it's like we're, you know, we're like everybody else. I mean, we got a mortgage, we got bills, <laughs> we got, got bills. things. Can't just quit my job and say I'm going to run to law school now. <laughs> and you had a good job. Oh, very good job. I was working at international at the time. Yeah. Very, very good job. And uh, you know, uh, had been doing that for a very long time. So right. you know, you know, you, you do something for 20 years, you tend to be upward. You know, yeah. making good money. Right. You yeah. know, making you, you more would... money than I would make as a lawyer starting out. So <laughs> yeah. my wife's like, "Why are you doing this again?" <laughs> Yeah, and, and so. you didn't dislike your job. Oh no, you, you, it. you liked it. it. But <laughs> then you're—I mean—you're now kind of following your passion, right? Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. That was kind of what—that was what the whole key was about. I'm like, I want to do this, mm-hmm. and it was purposeful, right? Yeah, yeah I was like, I—I I, I want to do this, and I—and I'm going to do whatever the hell it takes to pursue it and get it. You yeah. Know? And it was just funny when when a friend looked at me and said, "Why don't you just do it?" It just clicks, right? You're yeah. like, "Oh yeah, you know what?" <laughs> you know. But see, yeah. I've I've seen you have that same conversation with people where, "Why the hell don't you do it?" You know, <laughs> if you, you want to do it, why don't you just do it? I think I like you know. I, that's, <laughs> you have a way of making uh, you know it's so simple <laughs> that you see it seems dumb to not do it. <laughs> You're very good at making people, uh, you know, feel dumb for not doing what they want to do <laughs> just by the way you put things. Well, you know, I think it's from probably from the experience with this. Cause yeah. I felt to myself, well, oh, yeah. that's just dumb not to do it. Right. You know, you never, you know, don't let age, don't let what you've done in the past be a restriction on you not to go do something. Right. You know, if you've got a passion for it and you want to go do it, but why got to go do it? Yeah. You know, and, and my, I have one of my friends from law school. She, she coined the phrase. She calls it kin-couragement. <laughs> I like that. So, you know, so. so how was uh, the the nightly classes? You, you kind of had like, I, I'm assuming it was in person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you had to drive up there, downtown Columbus. And uh, how was that getting back into the swing of you know, schooling? Was it, was a lot of them younger? Oh, sure. Younger <laughs> oh, sure. class oh, uh, yeah. students, your colleagues, and you're the old guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And how was it firing up that that dinosaur brain and trying to learn again? Was that, that was tough? strange, man. That was, yeah. uh, that was, uh, I, remember, I remember walking on to driving up to the parking lot, and they had a little, like, orientation type thing. Yeah. You know, get to know some people before before you do this and it's funny because that was I, I walked up there and I sat down and they had some food you know a little food truck and some other things and you sat mm-hmm. down and get to talk to people and I had all kinds of people walking up to me and saying you know 
so you're a new professor here where do you start here you know like, and i'm like no actually uh, actually i'm uh, i'm uh, i'm not i'm a student you know it was yeah. odd it was super odd you know? yeah but uh you know i had uh, one of the professors there professor orlando um who is recent who has since passed away you know uh um you know may her soul rest right that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to say right, yeah, right. but uh she walked up to me and she had heard me talking to some people and she said she just looked at me and she said, you know, Mr. Sapp, I think it's just amazing that you're going to go back to school. Mm-hmm. She said, you're, you're never too, you're never too old to learn. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she said, I, you know, I wish you the best. And I just remember thinking mm-hmm. that was really awesome. You know, yeah. It made me feel good. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Fire, this is, this fired, is what I need to do, man. Fired you up. Fired me up. So, um, but, uh, it was, it was, you hit the nail on the head, man. You're sitting in a classroom <laughs> with a bunch of 25, 26 year olds, but you know what? The nighttime program had a lot of older people in it too. I thought so that, even yeah, though yeah. I was older and I was one of the oldest in there, there were actually still a couple that were older than me. But uh, you know, my cohort had uh, a lot of people that I've become really, really, really good friends with, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll be friends with them the rest of my life. You know, yeah, those awesome. and and older people, and that gave me encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what's funny? You talk about how do you roll up that dinosaur brain right and get yourself going but i tell you man it was like a snowball um when i i remember getting done with my first semester mm-hmm. and getting those grades and i was like all right you know what i, I can do this it yeah did pretty good yeah i did well i did very well <laughs> that's good and, and 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 then it just really if i had a fire before man it was stoked after that and i was yeah. like i'm doing this damn it yeah. i imagine it's just you said you're a math guy. I feel, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that didn't really help you that much. No, no, no. There's no you're not doing math in law school for sure. Not, I feel like it's a bunch yeah. of reading. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like a ton of reading. Uh, law school is, you know, none of the concepts are rocket science. I mean, law school is, I mean, the law is supposed to be for the layman, right? You're supposed to be able to read it in a, in a good law that's written right. If you get a good statute that's written right, anybody can understand it. Yep. The key with law school is... It is a lot of reading. You nailed it. It's mm-hmm. it's a ton of and words have meaning. Yeah, <laughs> and, and everybody say you speak lawyer. Well, well, it, I mean it's a different language. The yeah. law is is a different language, but uh, you know it it's it is a ton of reading, a ton mm-hmm. of work, and 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 memorization. You've got and it's not just spit it back out. It's not right. rote memorization. You got to remember the law so that you can apply it yeah. on a test because Gosh, that's the kicker yeah. law school yeah. tests what makes them ah. so hard is it's not just spit the law out to me it's here's a bunch of here's a fact pattern mm-hmm. now apply that right. yeah i can apply imagine. that to a real world situation right. you know come up with an answer from that i yeah. can imagine those tests were really hard <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's crazy like so. you, yeah really have to sit down and dissect the words and what's going on yeah man yeah. and you know how i don't know if the capital is like this but them college professors sometimes they're just they're just trying to throw your wrench oh sure (laughs) sure sure um you know the crazy about law school is um uh, you know they don't have to worry about the weed out program because everything's hard yeah (laughs) every class is hard um but it's i mean you're gonna have to put the work in or you will get weeded out there's just no way around that you have to put the work in and and do it but um it it, you you talk about You're on a curve, right? When you get graded, yeah. And and I remember one of my first law school tests I took. You know, for ease of math, we'll say that uh, if you got a fifty on it, that was like 
a perfect score. Oh my right. god! Right, that was a hundred. Was well, well. What uh-huh. I'm saying is, on a scale of zero to one, fifty would be a hundred. The average in the class was a twelve. Yeah. And I remember I got a twenty-one on that test, and and I was one of the top people. I mean, I failed the test, yeah. <laughs> but I was still one of the top grades yeah. because of the curve and everything. But it was yeah. it was difficult. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like demoralizing to school. Uh, like yeah, that's crazy. I took classes like that, mm-hmm. um, and stressed I, out. <laughs> yeah, the the class average was like a a thirty percent. Sure, <laughs> like that's crazy. Like, that is nuts. Like, like what are you learning? We're all fa- <laughs> yeah, we're all failing here. This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> what a waste of money. Well, and that's the kicker. You know, it's it's funny you. What are you learning? You know, yeah. in law school, you don't you don't learn how to be a lawyer. You learn mm-hmm. how to pass a test because law mm-hmm. school is all about passing the bar. Right? Yeah, how's the bar? Like how? I don't know. Um, I, one of the single hardest things I've ever done in my life. One of the it is one of the most nerve wracking and mm-hmm. and uh, stressful things I've ever been. Because at the time, so you know, I did law school. You're supposed to do it. it law school is three years. Okay. Normal law school is three years. So okay. I was doing a part time program. So that's four year program. Okay. okay. But you know, on top of you know working and everything else, I said, well, let me just be real crazy and take extra classes too. So I ended up getting done in three and a half years. Okay. So um, when you get done with law school, now you've got three years of law school and. In about three and a half months later, after you get graduate, you're going to go take a test. Mm-hmm. And that test is on everything from law school. <laughs> and, well, I say everything from all the core classes from law school. So mm-hmm. by the time you go to do this, one of your contracts, torts, property law, those are your core core classes. Well, it's been two and a half years since you took them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> go learn it again. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, it's... Most people do not work when they study for the bar. Right. So you just, that is your entire job. And you spend two and a half, three months. In fact, I've got a group of friends of mine that are getting ready to take the bar next week. Yeah. And uh, they've been studying since they graduated in May. Mm-hmm. And they're studying their butts off. But yeah. you got to go back and re- rehash all that, learn it all, <laughs> where, and then go take a test that's crazy hard. Where do you take it at? So... Um, you know what? I have to think of a city now. It's uh, the Roberts Center. Um, it's about an hour. It's uh, from from Columbus, is where Ohio gives the bar. Yeah. But you go set in a big room, mm-hmm. big huge room with everybody. And like the July test, probably will be about a thousand people sitting in that room taking that test. Dang. So the test is um, <laughs> you the first day. So it's twelve hours total of testing over two days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the first day is like, you know, you do three hour session, you take a break, you do another three hour session in a controlled environment where don't talk to anybody, don't look at anybody, don't, you know, it's crazy hard. Don't so, pull out your phone. Yeah. <laughs> don't even have your phone on you or you'll be escorted out of that room and, yeah. and, and, and probably told you don't get to take it again for a couple of years. Yeah. So it's, um, but you know, beyond that, you have to pass a background check, you have to do all kinds of crazy crap, just just even you have to you have to apply to the Supreme Court and say, can I even take your test? Yeah, that's then, crazy. Yeah, and they have to give you. <laughs> I mean, I actually got clearance clearance to take the test about two weeks before the test. How do it you was remember? A year how, and a half long process. Like how how much does it cost to take the bar? Do you remember? Actually, I mean, it's uh, you know, that's a good question. I think it's four or five hundred bucks. Yeah, it is. It is to some degree a pay to play thing because it's not just the cost of the test. Yeah. You had to 
four or five hundred bucks to take the test, a hundred mm-hmm. something dollars to to register your laptop. You had to pay a couple hundred dollars to have the background check done on you. Yeah. You know, and wow. and there's a lot of other things you have to do. That it's not it's not just uh, oh you went to law school and you can take the test. I mean. So they look at your law school degree. They look at your undergraduate degree in Ohio. I had a friend that had to go take it in Kentucky because they didn't think his undergraduate undergraduate degree was, you know, uh, from an accredited school. Now, mind you, he went to law school and he passed law school. <laughs> but he went but to they're ba- like, ah, you know. He you went gotta- to bachelor's at Trump University. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Hard times, though, but uh, what a program that Capital has over there to, to allow somebody like me to go to school at night. Yeah. And that is awesome. That is you know, awesome. And be able to come uh, pursue your dreams, you know, yeah. pursue something you want to do. Absolutely. So, yeah, took the bar, uh, graduated in December of 2022. So, so when you pass the bar, they just have like a briefcase of money? Wait, wait. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no I, I missed that. I didn't get the briefcase. <laughs> oh, you did miss that. How was the... job search after that or did you already have something kind of lined up um no i I mean there there's two different paths you usually take when you're in law school like Mm -hmm. if you're a kid in law school i call them kid they're 25 you know 30 year olds (laughs) that's kid to me but uh you know if you if you do the traditional route in in school some people will they're probably not going to work so they're going to be they're going to be you know working in a in an office somewhere in the legal field doing something you know yeah. you know be a be a law clerk you know for uh, you know for an office for a judge for doing something mm-hmm. and there and then there are some people that will you know they do us what they call summer associate program where mm-hmm. believe it or not like in your first summer of law school you go apply to these big huge law firms and mm-hmm. you say can I come be an associate for you for a summer? Yeah. And if you get selected, you're like, yay, yes, we can come be a summer. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, you're done. Go back to school for two years. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're not stupid and you pass the bar and you don't do anything dumb, you got a job waiting for you at this huge law firm. Sure. So very small, 1%, you know, very small percentage of people get that. Right. Yeah. So most people, you know, will have either working in or have something lined up. Right. Well, me, I, I, worked in a completely different industry right so i had not one thing lined up yeah. you know at all and then you got to do that little thing called take the bar after you graduate too right so yeah. they say there's potential for that you know suitcase of money out here <laughs> go, go, go pass this bar first yeah so you pass the bar and i you know i i took the bar in february 2020 20, 2023 just this past february oh wow yeah yeah and then you got to wait two months to get your results yeah. Oh. So that's fun and nerve wracking and crazy. And then you know how they give you your results? You just, they put out a list of names on, uh, it was April 28th, I think, of this year. They just put out a list of names of people that pass. So guess how you find out if you failed? Just, you, your name's not on the list. Your name's not on the list. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, I, didn't re- I didn't realize. Yeah, that was just a couple so you, months ago. So you have to like, so yeah, it was like very, <laughs> a couple months ago, I'm yeah. like, you know, one eye closed, looking at the list, going, ah, there I it's going to be another whatever like four, three or four months or uh, more yeah. the, I guess the saving grace is uh, you know if you don't pass it's not one and done right I mean I, I know stories of people that took it six or seven times you know but they've had, they passed oh, yeah. and guess what they call a lawyer that had to take had to do seven times to take to pass it and one that does it on the first try a lawyer a lawyer moron not a good test taker but still a lawyer yeah. <laughs> you know so I did that, but no, no job was lined up. I still worked at um, 
I, I worked at Navstar during that whole period of time, uh-huh. and then I was, I was even you know more super crazy. I, um, <clears throat> I worked full time up until two weeks before the bar. Oh wow! So yeah, so that was <laughs> kind of had to do it. You had yeah, to do, you do right? what you got to do, right? Right. So you actually left your job before you took the bar? Um, no, I was or still working full time. I took some vacation time gotcha. and did okay. some other things, and I went and took the bar, and and I still worked there after that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I passed the bar, and I started. Uh, you know, I didn't know at the time for sure what I was going to do. Uh, but, you know, some things happened at work, and I decided, you know, I'm definitely going to pursue this. So, you know, started looking and, and ended up getting an interview with uh, the Delaware County Prosecutor's Office. Awesome. And uh, got an offer from them, and here I am today, a month and a half later. I've been working for them for now for a month and a half. I'm a prosecutor with the Del- Delaware County Prosecutor's Office. Awesome. Back so. to that serve your country, serve your community. Type yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think it's, it's something... You know, I always want it to be, you know, when I start talking about the law, mm-hmm. everybody thinks of that courtroom, right? You're a lawyer sitting in the courtroom, you know, making right. your case. Well, I don't know, 95% of all cases never go to a courtroom. Right. The vast majority of lawyers aren't in courtrooms. Yeah. You you know, you fight it outside of the courtroom. And the vast majority of lawsuits and get, things settle. Settle. All civil lawsuits and things like that. that. So if you want to be in a courtroom for sure... You get to serve your community, but if you want to be in a courtroom, you go be a prosecutor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's how you're going to be in a courtroom. So you have a lot of courtroom time. So uh, you will. Saying. I don't have it yet. You're kind of learning what's going on. <laughs> but I will have it. tons of courtroom time by the time I've been there for a couple yeah. of years. Yes. Sure. So, so more or less, you know, it's like cops build the case and show you, you know. So, um, yeah, you when you look at prosecuting crimes in, in Ohio, um, you if there's a felony that happens in Ohio, no mm-hmm. felony in Ohio can be can be charged unless you've gone before it's gone before a grand jury. So you have to, you have to be indicted on a felony for a grand jury. So yes, uh, you know, what happens is cops put together a case. Mm -hmm. They might turn it over to the prosecutor's office and say, Hey, here's the case, whatever X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. We think this is, this should go to the grand jury. And, and, prosecutor's office will look at that case and go is this a case you know first of all are you even charging people right and that's an important mm-hmm. thing to do sure not to just think that you know a prosecutor is going to get a case and just go oh we're just going to literally either prosecute or not prosecute everything right we that you're going to look at the case first and go you know is there evidence here is there enough here has a, has somebody mm-hmm. actually broken a law mm-hmm. you know do we think this is a case that would be you know, and, and it's beyond that. Is it provable? Right. You know, and because pro- is there enough evidence? Right. Indicting somebody. There's a reason grand jury. You may not know this, but grand jury, grand juries are secret. You don't get to know what goes on in the grand jury. You don't mm-hmm. get to know who goes to. If you send something to a grand jury, imagine if you sent charges for, I don't know, a big company. Because, you know, companies can be charged with crimes too, right? Not just right. individuals. But uh, imagine a big individual or a big company or somebody you sent a charge to the grand jury and that grand jury said, no, I don't think there's enough here probable cause to charge them. Well, imagine if that got out. Mm-hmm. In today's world, it's not the nature of the evidence. It's the seriousness of the, of the, of the charge, right? Right. <laughs> so it wouldn't matter. You would get instantly, you know, found guilty. In the, it's a reason we don't try things in the court of public oh, opinion. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very easy to get found guilty. In the, all you got to do is be 
accused in the court of public opinion, and <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to be guilty. Probably guilty. Now more than ever, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a that's why grand juries are very secret, and sure. and and you know you have to actually petition the court to get things unsealed if you want to know what happened in the grand jury. Mm-hmm. But you have to be indicted by a grand jury if you're going to be charged with a felony in Ohio. So, okay. that's part of the process. You know, get things, go to the grand jury, and should it get prosecuted from there? Okay. Yeah. How far is uh, Delaware from here? Oh, it's a hike. Yeah, it's <laughs> a hike. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got a good drive, man. I, uh, um, you know, I, I it, it's probably yeah, yeah. an hour, fifty minutes to an hour, depending mm-hmm. on traffic. But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, my wife and I, you know, you, funny you say that. We we we've looked at houses in the area and things like that, and you know, we would. We would we would move up to that area, um, but you know you you sometimes you have to drive to do things you want to do, right? Right. Yep. Right. I yeah. don't. Right. And I would move today if uh, if it wasn't for the unbelievably absurd interest rates that are out there. Right <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah, they have been up. What are they like? Elections six, matter. Six seven. Yeah. Six yeah. six. I think six point seven is is a. If you're around 6%, that's a good interest rate right, right. Yeah, yeah, that'd be tough to – you just might want to keep driving for a little while. <laughs> so, yeah. It's funny, though. You talk to some older people, and, and they look at you like you're crazy, too, because that's if, good you, them, if right? you go back to the Jimmy Carter error, yeah. I remember my error. dad <laughs> yeah, My dad got 13% on his on his house, and it was the mm. best rate you could get at the time. Yeah, so, that's the good credit so score. Yeah. It could get worse. It could. Yeah, I've heard Elections st- matter. stories about that, like – you know, they're talking 20, 25% interest it's, rates. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, it just, you, people just wouldn't survive now. Like, right. no instant way. economy crash. Uh, <laughs> so goes. And, and believe it or not, in a lot of ways, you want to talk about the economy. You know, look at the look at the price of diesel. So goes diesel pricing. So goes the economy. Oh, yeah. 75 to 80% of everything you use in your house, if not more, yeah. uh, comes on a truck. Right. It's shipped mm-hmm. on a truck, including your food in your restaurants yep. or in your uh, grocery stores. And everything like that. Most grocery stores, believe it or not, finance all their inventory and stuff. So rates matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, but when it costs you three times as much to ship, wow, prices go up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it's like the heartbeat of the country. That, right. That it changes everything. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know. I'm going to mention something. I don't know if we're going to leave it in or not. Go but, ahead. Um, I kind of confused about issue one issue that one. I'm seeing all these. Yeah things issue one uh my brain has been on uh, is that even gonna be is this show gonna be they vote on that august i don't know i don't even know what issue one is right now to be honest with you see right now i've been so focused on you i'm I'm a month and a half into my job so i I mean i've been focused on that i know i I see all that i haven't looked at the issues we'll probably just cut this out but yeah Uh, i like don't know what the heck's going on it seems important i don't know (laughs) you see you know, it's like politicized. One party says one thing, yeah. one's the other. Like, I don't know. I think what it is, they want to require a 60% vote for constitutional amendments in the state of Ohio. Okay. Instead of 50%, you have to get 60. Well, I can give you my initial opinion on that. Um, I do think that if you want to change a constitution, it should be a very tough thing to do. Yeah. You should not be able to do it willy-nilly. Yeah. It should be something that you that uh-huh. you have to really, really have a lot of people on board to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, now, I'll have to go read what issue one is. <laughs> exactly. You know? like, but yeah. if, that's the, if that's the crux of issue one, my initial gut reaction is, yeah, we want 60%. Yeah. Um, I think you should have to have a supermajority to, to change a constitution mm-hmm. without question. Because people should be able to rely on the law. 
They should be able to rely on what their constitution. You be, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean it's, it's very difficult to change the constitution of the United States, right? Yeah. It should yeah. be. It should yeah. be. It should be. Right? Okay. Yep. There we go. There you go. That's my initial opinion. <laughs> initial, yeah, I don't want to hold you to it. Or no, no. I, that's my gut reaction. All right, so we can that. count that as a yes for Ken. Well, maybe. Yeah. No, that depends on if Jake even just said that right. Yeah. Right. So, assuming that that's what we're talking If we're talking about amendments to the Constitution, it yeah. should be difficult to do. We don't like them. Right. But, you know, um, it needs to have a process to do it, though. Yeah. It's important. I think that's one of the things that makes our Constitution in this country so great. And, and that it is, as they say, you know, a, li- a living, breathing document, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you look at people that are, that are textualists or that are uh, originalists, and, 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 you know, you say in this, well, how can that, uh, you know, if you're an originalist, how can the meaning that was originally, you know, the meaning of the Constitution apply today? Well, you know, you, does it correlate? Does it, you mm-hmm. know, you, you, the original meaning is important, and, and, but there is a process in there to say things do change right right things do change and 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 just because something was you know done for a hundred years doesn't mean it was necessarily done right right (laughs) Right. and uh you know we we, we've changed a lot of things in this country but there's a process for changing it Mm -hmm. but that process should be not impossible but not willy-nilly it should be difficult to do right yeah i agree with that there you go yeah well We've been going about an hour. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know if you had much more you wanted to talk well, about. I had I had nothing I want to talk about. Again, I've just been going with it. So. No, it's uh, I mean, it's been a fun time. Man. Yeah, I wanted to just say thank you for Absolutely. your selfless service to the country with your military. Not only uh, it's it. pretty awesome to hear your story and how your never quit, never settle uh, mm-hmm. attitude that you have. And yep. I just want to thank you for being on the show. Yeah. I appreciate it. I yep. appreciate uh, being able to be here. It's been a fun time. Yeah. Didn't Never know what late, to expect, right? but it's been a great time. <laughs> <laughs> now you've done great, man. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up, guys. All right. That's the show. Go Browns. <laughs> Freedom on. <laughs> <laughs>